It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olivia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. With your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the Bottom Line News Radio 610-KONA. It's our number two on your Monday. 547-1610 is our phone number if you'd like to get involved. You can also reach us via email, 610-KONA.com, the bottom line page. Your name, where you're listening, what you would like to say. We're on Twitter at Bottom Line 610, Facebook at the Bottom Line 610. You can also find us at the free mobile app through the Google Play and the Apple Stores. Rob Francis and Ed Dawson with you. And you know, politics is a is a, is a is a funny thing, Ed. <laughs> funny ha-ha or funny interesting? Well, in, in both ways. <laughs> um, because people that desire to get elected, will normally try to convince people that they are the right person for the job by giving a look into the future of the things that they can do or things that they want to accomplish or promises. That's probably the the oldest way of terming these things, campaign promises. I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And if you elect me, I'm going to do this. Now, we know that not every promise comes to be, and there are multiple reasons for that. Whether you're talking about a uh, person that gets elected and faces an uphill battle based on the composition of the legislature, you can say you want to do things. You may even attempt to do these things. But if they don't come to fruition, a lot of people point and they call them broken promises. Now, is it fair to call something a broken promise if you attempt to do it, but the odds are stacked against you from doing it? Or is it, hey, look, I tried. We didn't have the votes. We didn't have enough people on our side. Maybe we'll try it later, but right now it's not working. Is that really a broken promise? Or is a broken promise something that you said you were going to do, and then you turned around later and said you're not? What would you consider a broken promise? Would you consider trying and failing or just flat out, no, second thought, we're not going to do this? Yeah, I'd say, I'd say if you, if you said you're going to do something, you tried, but didn't achieve the goal, I, I'd probably give you a pass. If you just flat out did the opposite of what you said you were going to do, or didn't even try to do what you said you were going to do, yeah, that's a broken promise to me. Yeah, well, it looks like it looks like we're looking at another broken promise from the Biden administration. Uh-oh. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Dude's only been in office, like, what, four months? Yep, and he's already racking up the broken promises. You know what this one is? What's that? Student loan forgiveness. Uh oh. Yeah. Uncle Joe's not going to pay for your college? No, 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 no. Uncle Joe is not going to pay off your student debt. In fact, it is whittled down from discussing 
blowing all student debt out of the water up to a certain amount of money for certain students to a percentage to now zero. Ooh. Zero. The Biden administration has said that they will not cancel student debt. Okay. So I, I ask, was this a case of them simply reversing course, or did they try to work out something and just really couldn't? Uh, they didn't even try to work out anything. Okay. Then I that mean, would be a broken promise it, in my it, book. It wasn't in any proposals. It wasn't in any of these. It's not in any of his plans that he's rolled out. I mean, his infrastructure plans has pretty much everything but infrastructure in it. And it doesn't have canceling student debt in it at all. It doesn't have anything like that in it at all. That was one of the key points of his platform yeah. that he ran on, was to get rid of student debt. Well, my mind immediately goes to the reason why he put it in there was to appease the burner, uh, Bernie supporters, the burners, the, yeah. you know, to get elected. Because that was that was that definitely was a platform piece of Bernie Sanders and the DNC tried to work it into the Biden platform and everyone kind of thought it was. So if they're not going to move forward with that and gave no real story behind it, if I'm a Bernie supporter, I might be a little ticked. It has been dropped from the latest budget. Mm. And, you know, you were talking about, and, and then he tied, remember, he tied it to COVID. Sure. Said he was going to cancel up to $10,000 in college debt for all students as part of COVID-19 relief. But yeah. that's not in the budget either. Mm. That's not in the budget either. And you can't do it by executive action. Because he doesn't have the ability, really, to do that through an executive order. Oh well, maybe he should talk to Governor Inslee. Inslee gets well, to do a lot of lot more stuff. Well, he's, without he, any checks and balances. He's well now because of the emergency powers. But remember when he came walking in, he pulled the Inslee wand out of you know where and tried to get rid of the death penalty. And and he was told by the legislature, you can't do that. It's a legislative thing. You can't do that. Only we can do that. You can't do that. Oh. He was not happy about no. that. He thought he thought he could just walk right in and do whatever he wanted, and he was told, no, he can't. But this announcement, I don't know. I'll be interested to see how much run it gets, because if all of the, the outlets pick it up, it's not going to play well for Joe. Right now, it's only the money sites like Forbes and CNBC that are talking about it. Mm -hmm. But if it gets a big enough run, it's going to look bad for Joe. And they don't want Joe to look bad. I mean, just look at the piece, the fluff piece out of the Washington Post talking about how he drinks Gatorade and eats chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) I mean, seriously? Yeah. Is that in between calling people the wrong name, or is that in between nap time? I mean, yeah. calling a lid at 
two in the afternoon. I mean, when he's with the chocolate chip cookies, is it a little bit of milk and then whoopee, and then we go to sleep for forty five. Sure. Uh, so I just it stuns me that this is, you know, this is this is what we get. This is the coverage of the White House now: cookies, Gatorade, and nap time. Because it's it's hard to be the president. Apparently, it's very draining. It's very draining to be the president. But all of the things that we have seen that have come to pass, for example, it was, what, 60, almost two months ago, Kamala Harris was named the person to be the point at the border situation? Yeah. She has not given a single press conference. Not a single press conference since being appointed. She has not dealt with the issues since being appointed, and she's getting a pass. She's getting an absolute pass. Go back a year ago and tell me if Mike Pence was appointed the border crisis czar and he didn't have a press conference in two months, he'd be killing children. <laughs> yeah, right. So we, we know how this works. She is getting a huge pass because whatever it is she's doing has nothing to do with being the vice president of the United States. It probably has more to do with being president of the United States. Something that she could not win on her own. And dropped out in December of 2020, December 2019, she dropped out of the race. So we're seeing the passes being given. We're not seeing the finger wagging. We're not seeing them being called on the carpet. Yet one of the crux issues for the progressive left, which many in the media identify with, was student loan forgiveness. And Joe has flat out said it's not common. It's not in the budget. It's not common. So while I personally applaud the decision, there are many who were banking on Joe to get this done. They wanted $50,000 in relief. He said $10,000. We'll do it to COVID. We'll tie it to COVID. $10,000. That now is not going to happen. This is also not the first campaign promise he has broken. So we'll see what's next. We'll see what comes down the pipe as far as Joe and the broken promises. But this one's a, this one's a big one. This one he got a lot of support on. A lot of people voted for him thinking they weren't going to have student loan debt anymore. Give us your bottom line. Call 509-547-1610. Now, back to the show. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Bottom line, News Radio 610-KONA-547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. CBD American Shaman across from the Grain Elevator on Clearwater in Kennewick. 100% all-natural CBD products. And coming up this Memorial Day weekend, 20% off Memorial Day sale. Honoring the heroes that gave all. Make sure you swing by CBD American Shaman. Find out more details on the 20% off Memorial Day sale that begins Friday and goes through Monday. Those 100% all-natural CBD products backed with a 100% 30-day money-back guarantee as well. 547-1610 if you want to get involved. So earlier today, Ed, in Florida, Ron DeSantis, again, adding to his uh, push to be considered the front-runner in 2024. As he signed legislation to penalize big tech for deplatforming private citizens and political candidates. Mm. Florida legislature passed it last month. 
It would allow any Floridian who is banned from platforms to sue for damages, and it also imposes fines. Doesn't former President Trump live in Florida now? He does. He does, Hmm. as do many people. Um, Just saying. He's, 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 he's one of the most high-profile Floridians. That is correct. But what it would do is it would impose fines up to a quarter of a million dollars a day on tech companies that boot political candidates of either side, not hmm. just Republicans, either side. Yeah. Hmm. And it was interesting because Governor DeSantis had a, had a mic drop moment. At the end of his press conference today announcing this, he was asked by a reporter if it had anything to do with Donald Trump. Was this bill created for him specifically? Well, he and DeSantis are buddies. They are. They are. And he said that the bill was for everyone. It was for all Florida residents. But he also brought up the hypocrisy that the president of the United States was banned from Twitter, but the Ayatollah Khomeini, who called for violence against the then-President Trump and has put out anti-Semitic spew, continues to be able to tweet regularly. Yeah. And that that this would balance that ship a little bit, at least in the state of Florida. Hmm. After he made the reference and drew the comparison to the Ayatollah, the place erupted (laughs) in a standing ovation, with the exception of the media. Well, I was going to say. With the exception of the media. And, and... This is this takes this to another this takes us to another another angle though. Is what must you be thinking as a member of the media to see the reaction to a common sense correlation drawn by Ron DeSantis? And you're looking at all these people acknowledging that comparison and sitting there knowing that you don't do your job, that you don't call these things out, that you don't look at the absolute disparity to which the majority of your industry operates. And you don't say to yourself, or we you ask yourself the question, are we out of touch with, with everyday people? Are we out of touch with the common person? Are we so driven by the end goal of ideological community that we have forgotten that that regular people don't necessarily have one ideology that they prescribe to, that they have a little bit of this and we have, they have a little bit of that and they touch on this and they touch on that. But here we are in our ideological bubble doing what we can to follow the copy points that we have been given by our ideological masters 
And have we forgotten what exactly it is that we do? It's supposed to provide information to the general public and do it in a manner that is based on the information that we gather, not based on what we're told to say. And look, this is the scariest part. There are organizations that claim to be purveyors of news, that claim to hire journalists, that tell them how they want the stories to look and sound. They tell them, they control it from the corporate level. And this is how we want it to sound. And it's on both sides. That they tell them, this is what we want you to do. And this is how we want it framed. This is the narrative that we want out there. And this is how you need to write it. That is not allowing someone to be a journalist. That is telling somebody how to do propaganda. True. And we've said this before. We'll say this again. It does not happen here. What we do right now is our opinion. It's our opinion based on knowledge that we have gained and gathered and what we think of different things and situations. But the news product that we have on here is not guided by anybody at the corporate level. It's not guided by any outside influence in any way, shape, or form. But when you talk to people that work in our industry and they say, I've been told what to write. I've been told how to frame it. Or what not to write. I've been told what not to write. I've been told what to leave out. That is not creating a relationship with the public that you are supposed to be informing. That is creating a relationship with those who want to mind manipulate and influence the general public. They don't want them smarter. They just want them thinking this. As a nearly lifelong journalist, I think that omission is more egregious than slanting a story in a certain way, you know, being told how to write a story versus what to leave out to me, leaving stuff purposely out is more egregious because the job of news and journalism is to inform the public to let them know what's going on, good, bad, or indifferent. And if you are not telling the public the entire truth or any of the truth, or you are omitting specific facts of a story, that's, that's worse than anything, I think. What do they say? Sunshine is the best disinfectant? Oh, absolutely it is. No, it's now, I'm not just talking about, about COVID either. No, it gets rid of vampires. Zombies don't like it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of nasty things out there that don't like sunlight. Wuhan bats don't like labs. Labs.
You know, things like, I mean, your son's bad. Something like bad for all those Short doctors. <laughs> Join the show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509-547-1610. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610, KONA. Back in the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA 547-1610. If you would like to get involved in the conversation. You know, the more and more we we discuss um, this situation with COVID, it, it becomes increasingly interesting to me as we are seeing we are seeing some things that are more so in our state and some other states than we are like Oregon, California, than, than we are in other areas of the country. Okay. Like, for example, we're still waiting for, you know, the governor's press conference. Is it going to be what? Do you have one tomorrow or something or, or something like that? No, he's going to be in Spokane. Oh, that's right. He's going to be in Spokane tomorrow. But no, so, no real news conference has been scheduled yet. So the Washington vaccine lottery will be announced Thursday um, <laughs> after he finishes going through Kate Brown's speech from last week um, and breaks that all out. But for example, Ohio, which was the first one to do this, first one to offer this, it was like a scratch lottery or something like that, wasn't it? Yes. In Ohio? Like yeah. Three million people registered. Yeah. Three million people registered. They saw an uptick in people getting vaccinated because of the carrot. Sure. New York is planning on doing one similar to Ohio. Cape Brown announced the one in Oregon. They are looking at doing this to incentivize people to get the vaccine um, if you know, to try and get those numbers up and get to where get to a point where they feel comfortable. Most people are talking about the seventy percent range. Yeah. That's that's kind of where, where people are if we got seventy percent we should be we should be yeah. good to go. Some people decry it. Other people look at it and go, Hey, this is a great idea. Mm-hmm. Me it still comes down to what whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. I mean, look. Still a choice. Exactly. It's still a choice. And three million people are now registered in in this lottery. Well, how many people buy lottery tickets regularly in Ohio? Three million? Less? More? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. So we're not talking Mega Millions or Powerball or anything like that. I'm talking the Ohio State Lottery. How many people buy tickets regularly in the Ohio State Lottery? The regulars. So are there three million people that normally buy a ticket? What are your odds? Are they better or are they worse? I mean, that, that, see, I look at stupid stuff like that. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I mean, okay, you want me, you want to encourage me to get this? What are my, actually, my odds of winning? All right, well, let's look at it in this regard. I get it for some people. All right, hey, I get to be a part of this, and maybe I'll win some money, and blah, 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 and it's okay, and I was going to get it anyway, and whatever. Sure. And then there's other people vehemently against it, and they're going, you're trying to convince the population. Either way you do it, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. If you buy whatever the line. Whatever the motivation is. Exactly. If you're buying the line they're selling, it's still your choice. We have yet to have anything that says you must get. 
you must have this put in your arm. We have not gotten to that point in any of the 50 states, nor at the federal level. We have had encouragement. We have had bribery. We have had many things to encourage people to get the vaccine. But we have stopped short of saying you must get this. The closest that I've seen this or that scenario is many universities, even including in this state, say that if you are a student and you want to be on campus for in-person learning, you must be vaccinated. That does not mean you have to or you can't get the education from here because then that would be crossing the line. They are the closest, I think, to that line by saying, if you want in-person learning in the fall, you need to get vaccinated. If you don't, well, then you get the Zoom meetings another year. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Well, this is Rick, and I was just wondering if all these governors now that are doing this lottery, if they have a personal bet amongst one another to see who can get the most votes and the most vaccines in their, uh, so they can buy one another a bottle of scotch or something when it's all over. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, where I will say this, that uh, in announcing her uh, lottery proposal last week, Governor Kate Brown of Oregon did take a shot at California. Yes. By saying that she wants her state to reach that 70% vaccination threshold before California does. And that this is one way to do that. So is that a, you know, friendly little wager between states? It's all in fun. Uh, or is it something more sinister? I don't know. But she did say that. And, and Rob and I both took notice that she didn't even mention Washington State. She doesn't care. Um, which I think there's probably much more traffic between Washington and Oregon than there is Oregon to California. Well, in one way, the closest... Commuters and stuff like that. Yeah, the one way that we're getting perilously close to mandating is is Inslee's... um, Oh, his new mandate on businesses. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's where you're getting perilously close, because... If you're going to tell someone that a condition of employment is to get vaccinated, you're going to be perilously close to getting sued. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, Washington is a right-to-work state. However, it is, it is, it, you, you start walking a very, very, very thin line as to what you can do as far as right-of-work goes when it comes to somebody's health care. More often than not, you have to make accommodations for health issues and situations, not dictate situations. And the only ways that you normally part with somebody when it's health-related is if an extensive period goes through where the employer and the employee both come to the acknowledgement that, you can't perform the duties of the job because of certain limitations. But there's not an outright, you don't have to get the shingle shot 
to be able to go to work. Right. You don't have to get this, this, or this if you want to go to work. We got a message from the mobile app. Google Play and the Apple stores. These western states, Washington, Oregon, and California, governors having a lottery for COVID vaccines. Could it be a way of buying votes for re-elections? Well, Kate Brown was just re-elected, and so was Jay Inslee. Gavin yeah. Newsom, granted, could be buying votes for a recall, but I don't know that California's having a lottery yet, are they? I don't believe I don't think California's no. announced any plans for a lottery. I don't but believe But Gavin so. Newsom's doing all kinds of stuff. Loosening up COVID here and loosening up COVID there and doing all this other stuff to try and get people to uh, reelect him. Now, of course, the they have coalesced around Newsom. There are no Democrats that will run against him in this recall. So it will be Newsom versus the Republican ticket. And right now, that's not looking. It's not looking too promising for Republicans in California to unseat him. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio six ten K one A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, uh, Dave from Kenway. What's up, Dave? Uh, I'd like to make a comment about uh, these uh, student loan forgiveness. Sure. A comment, what I'd like to say to all those suckers out there that sold their vote to Joe Biden, karma. You get what you deserve. And that's what I got to say about student loan forgiveness. Thank you. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate it. Five four seven one six ten. If you would like to get involved in the bottom line, um, but as we continue to go down these roads, and we can, we, we you know, we're waiting. We're seeing different things here and there. Um, went into quite a few places over the weekend. Um, some were still asking people to wear masks. Mm-hmm. Most were not. Most were leaving it up to people. Uh, walked into a couple places without one. Nobody said anything to me. Um, those that would like you to wear it seem to have it very firmly still up on the front door. Yeah. Um, but but we'll see as we continue to move forward what changes and what doesn't. You're up on the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Rod from Richland. What's on your mind? I'm a loop sort of on this uh, veto that Inslee did on uh, energy bills that were forwarded to him. And I was wondering if you could unconfuse me because I'm really not quite sure the A's and B's and C's of this. What is the actual effect of fuel prices in general? Just uh, asking for some information. Okay. So as far as the passages, the subsections that were struck out of the uh, low-carbon fuel standard and the cap and trade bills, um, there were protections that were put into place for Native American burial grounds, sacred tribal sites, uh, and other considerations for native land and so on and so forth. Um, And they were given a seat at the table as well for future discussions. There also was a tie that the law would not take effect, and this was the cap-and-trade bill, I believe, Cap-and-trade bill had a provision in it that it would not take effect until there was a transportation package that was passed in the House and the Senate 
so that the monies generated by the tax would go towards these transportation packages and these transportation projects as a funding source. That didn't happen during the legislative session. Correct. They still need to pass that yes. uh, transportation package. Now, it could come by the end of the year. There was some talk of a special session to address that particular issue. But as of right now, there is no transportation funding package. Right, which would mean that if Inslee signed the bill as is, it would not take effect until a transportation package was was passed. So the bill would hold and hold and hold and hold, and he's adamant that that can't happen. So he struck that provision out of the cap-and-trade bill. Striking the provision regarding the uh, Native Ameri- the protections for Native American lands and grounds uh, out of the low-carbon fuel standard was, was interesting, to say the least, as they did help get this bill across the finish line. Um now, both of those vetoes will be challenged in court. Uh, the legislature is planning on filing a lawsuit. Uh, because Democrats are planning yes, to Democrats, be a part of it. Yes, yeah. Democrats and the state legislature are planning because they were very upset that these were struck because of the bipartisan nature of how they passed. And they plan on filing a lawsuit because, again, the governor does not have the ability to uh, – veto subsections only full sections and he did not do so now um we will see if that comes to pass uh but it will take time as the the supreme court is going to hear the arguments against the 2019 vetoes i believe sometime this week or a ruling is expected sometime this week on that situation so i hope that cleared up the confusion for you rod um and that's why there's a big to-do about it. And once the lawsuit's filed, the bills will not be able to take effect. So you may be wondering, well, why did he do that? And he was pretty blunt about it. He said that we couldn't wait any longer to address climate change, um, i.e. his ego couldn't wait any longer to get what he wanted. So that's why he did that veto. 5471610509547161610 Final segment on the way Speak your piece call 5095471610 More of the bottom line presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610 KONA Bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A, final few minutes, Monday afternoon, Windermere Group 172SoulTriCities.com. If you're going to sell your house, this is where you want to be. Each and every weekend, you're seeing multiple viewings of the homes that are listed on the website with the experienced de- realtors. With Windermere Group 1, get your house in the program if you're going to put it on the market. Multiple offers, and usually it's thousands of dollars more than what you asked for. Contact Windermere Group 1-72-SoldTriCities.com today. Don't leave offers. Don't leave money on the table. 547-1610, if you have any final thoughts this afternoon. Um, but definitely an interesting day in in some avenues. Um, you know, we're, we're seeing people get creative. 
governments getting creative, state governments getting creative um, with trying to get people vaccinated for the virus. Ultimately, though, um, as we said before, it comes down to your personal choice of, of, of what you want to do. Um, I know over the weekend there was some statements put out that uh, medical professionals are stopping short of mandating the COVID-19 vaccine for kids uh, as part of their uh, routine of getting vaccines. Um, for now. Well, but here's the thing. And, and I guess this is to me why, why I found it surprising that it was even mentioned. Because the flu shot isn't mandated. No. The flu vaccine is not mandated for kids. So while I do understand not mandated for anybody, right? So while I do understand that you know, again, this is different. Not seen this before, um, and so everybody wants to take as many precautions as possible. We also don't mandate the flu vaccine. So why would we mandate this? Um, it does seem that this is not seasonal. We, we we've we've found that out that it's not seasonal. It doesn't it doesn't have its months where it cycles um no but there are variants out there there are variants the the caution now is that we're gonna be in good shape until the fall when variants take over and but we've already seen multiple variants i understand that but that's what the quote-unquote health experts are saying now well i mean you see some that say one thing you see others that say another thing until we get everybody on the same page with the thought process, it's all speculation. Because we've seen, uh, what, five different variants, roughly? Six different variants? Yeah, something like that. They, they, and, but those variants began last year. Right. You know, it was, it, was, it was loosely being called A, B, and C. You know, there was the one that came from, there was the virus that came from Wuhan, the virus that made its way through Italy. Mm-hmm. And in into Europe, Europe. And, yeah. <laughs> and then there was the there was another strain, an African variant, the African variant. Um, so there were variants that were being seen in the midst of the pandemic last year in the United States. Now you've got a couple other ones that are that are rolling out there, and it's like, all right, well, you're going to. It's a virus; it mutates. It's how it stays alive. Something just popped into my head, and you know, just random thoughts, I guess, but. Everybody tosses around, well, we are in the midst of a pandemic, and it's being used to do everything, right? We, you know, all the decisions that governors make, well, we're in the midst of a pandemic, after all. When does the pandemic end? I mean, when does a pandemic end? When cases get low enough? There's no more cases ever. Um, I'm just curious because, like, how long do we need to listen to mostly politicians say, well, your taxes are going up, you know, because we're in a pandemic and everything. And I'm going to keep these businesses closed, but you can open these and masks and social distancing. Well, because we're in a pandemic. I mean... I don't know. I don't know if there's like an official end date. I mean, there wasn't one in 1918. There wasn't one in 2009 with the swine flu. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be well after the fact. Oh, by the way, I guess the pandemic ended about two years ago. Well, you, it seems like you only get final dates for things that you aren't looking forward to them ending, not things that you are looking forward to the ending. But but rest assured, 
Jay Inslee's emergency powers will stay in place until next year at this time at least.